you know that you are the only one stopping you from taking things to the next level. And if you listen to this podcast, then you know how important mindset is to get you to that next stage. So if you are ready to own your worth and supercharge your business, then I want to invite you to be a part of the next round of the energetics of money. This eight week program I have supercharged in ways that I've never done before. And it's designed to help you create the financial freedom business that you desire. So whether you are aiming to hit six figures or seven figures this year, I want to help you develop the mindset that's going to get you there to stop people pleasing, to stop sabotaging your success and help you elevate your mindset to create a six to seven figure business. It is about developing a whole new relationship with your money. So you know how to run your business for financial freedom. It's about setting you up to become the CEO of your business, to attract your next level of wealth and to show off unapologetically. I cannot wait to help you break the next glass ceiling of your income and supercharge your business like never before. If you are not on the wait list, you need to get your name on the wait list right now because we are launching in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you pop your name on the wait list via the link in the show notes and you will get access to the best bonuses to get access to this program. Head to the link in the show notes right now, put your name on the wait list so then you are the first to know when we're getting started. Let's take your business to the next level together in 2022. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Hey, welcome to episode 316. Today's episode is an interview with the beautiful Riley June, who is an intuition coach and spiritual activator. Today's conversation was so much fun. We chatted all about reconnecting with your heart and tapping into your intuition, how to hold space for your clients and for other people in your life, how to create self-dependent relationships rather than codependent relationships in your coaching business, how to release attachment and expectations of others, and how to face your own demons, become your own cheerleader, and set intentionality with your client sessions. We also dive into balancing your masculine and feminine energies within your business and developing an authentic way of healing and really cultivating a connection with your own intuition. Riley June is an intuition master coach and spiritual activator who is passionate about teaching spiritual entrepreneurs how to build and create ethical sacred spaces rooted in client transformation. She is a podcast host of The Riley June Show and author of The Journey to My Highest Self Journal, and she spends her downtime with her three kids and enjoying the blessings of life. Riley June really brings it in this episode. So let me introduce you to this beautiful woman and let's chat all about your intuition. I am so excited about today's conversation. I met this beautiful woman as part of a mastermind that I'm a part of. And when we connected, our conversation flowed so beautifully that I was just like, I have to have you on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Riley. Thank you so much for having me here, Christine. I'm so excited to connect with you and your audience today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And so to start, let's just actually dive straight in, right? I'm going to ask you a question, but then I'm going to come back and get you to actually explain who you are and what you do and all of the fun things, because I feel like I run a dust, just dive straight in. So when, when you think about taking things to the next level, how do you help entrepreneurs go that next level to actually scale, to actually go, you know, quantum leap into that next future? 
Mm, I really love this question. And it's such a powerful one because a lot of times people think that the next level requires some kind of masculine action. And though in fact it does for consistency and building out experiences, um, it really is about the embodiment piece. It's about understanding the energy behind what that next level is. It's really easy to say, oh, I want to connect to my higher self. I want to go to that next level. But if you don't understand the identity factor of it, the energy factor of it, you're going to be chasing an idea that might not even be your own or be something you watched on Instagram or, or Pinterest or whatever. And so figuring out who you are in that next level is really crucial. So what I help entrepreneurs and, and spiritual people who are on a spiritual journey do is really understand the embodiment piece, really break down the energy, the identity, the focus, the things that are involved in their next level and equally remove those filters of what somebody else's next level is that they have taken on and picked up on that actually doesn't resonate with them. Oh, yeah, that's exactly why this is exactly why I wanted to get you on, right? Because it's like, let's think about this from a whole different perspective, because I think that so much of our journey is is dictated by the masculine. And it's by watching what everybody else is doing and going, oh, what can I try that's going to work for me? But I love that because I totally agree with you. It's actually got nothing to do with anybody else or some strategy. It's actually got everything to do with who you are and how you're showing up and what you're believing in and the energy that you're bringing to it, the frequency that you're sitting in, right? So I freaking love that. So tell us more. Tell us more about how you are a spiritual activator for entrepreneurs and what it is that you do and how you got to this. Oh, uh, my favorite part of all questions is literally this one, because it's not your average, oh, I woke up one day and wanted to build a business. It, I feel like the best stories always start with this kind of happened by accident. And it's really how I got to this place. Um, my journey started, I'll do a quick overview, but my journey started in about 2015 when I lost an aunt and she was like the glue to our family. And shortly after that, my husband ended up getting uh, diagnosed with congenital heart failure. And so it was just this like, period of two and a half years of like bad news and bad news and problems and complications and trauma. And I grew up in a relatively comfortable home. My parents lived to, or they're still together today, right? We had what we needed. I didn't really know much different. I never really knew what trauma was. And so going through so much that was just directly in my face constantly and not even having time to really breathe from all of it, I found myself in a lot of different experiences that involved miracles. My husband had a miracle healing. Um, he was getting scheduled for a fifth open heart surgery 16 hours after he, or no, it was a week after he had already had his third and fourth. So there was just like tons and tons of complications in this two year period of time. And one heart surgery in 10 years is the typical, like the typical span of time you go with this. And he had four within two years. And so he was getting set up to have a fifth one from an infection. And he ended up having doctors that were drawing blood and just making sure that everything was good as they were preparing him. And there was a, a period of time where he finally just kind of dropped his knees and gave it up to God and said, take me or heal me because I don't have it in me anymore. And he came out of the room after having his bedding changed because he was just sweating, sweating, sweating through the night from all the meds he was on and having his phone lit up to a song by an artist called Danny Goki that said, tell your heart to beat again. And the song was about a priest who wanted to uh, witness a heart surgery, one of the most miraculous things he had ever could imagine being a part of. And one of his um, parishioners was someone who did these things. And so he watched this, this doctor perform the surgery. And when he went to go start uh, uh, masculine in the masculine way, mechanically, the heart again, it wouldn't. Start. And so he did something unconventional and got down on his knees and 
told this woman, um, your heart, God has fixed your heart. You know, you can tell it to beat again. And, and her heart started beating. And so in that moment, I think it was like four or five hours after this had happened, obviously he wept because what, how does this happen? This never heard this artist, his phone's lit up to this perfect song at this perfect time. Like, what are you talking about? And the doctors came in and they said, I don't know what happened, but your white blood cell count is back to normal. There's no sign of infection. We don't know what to say other than this is a miracle and we're going to run some tests. We can probably go. And so after these two and a half years of so much tragedy and this one moment of honestly so many, but just such a big one, I found myself questioning, like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this experience? What do I do with this story? What do I like? What do I do with this? And it really led me to this place of personal development where I wanted to start from square one, which was connecting with my aunt who had crossed over. And I didn't think anyone could be a medium. I thought you had to be some special person to do it. But I also knew if you could, if one person could do something, anyone could, it just took time, attention and intention. And so I found myself manifesting, not even knowing what manifesting was, a position in a psychic mediumship certified training course. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. And learning about intuition, learning about energy, I've never found something so natural to me. It was like, I literally picked up a pen and just started writing. And it was clear, it was easy, it was effortless. People are, we would do practices with the students in the program and we would, I would have these people come back. How did you do that? How did you know that? Oh my gosh, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and when I started to realize that it, there's no way this is just easy for me. There's no way that I can connect just like this is by a fluke. I started showing up on Facebook lives. And what I really found was not only this deeper inner healing for me, but that so many people were craving this. They were craving knowing they were craving healing. They were craving insight. They were craving understanding. And it led me into the world of be becoming a psychic and a medium and I also am someone who's very um, observational. And so I would witness a lot of clients coming to me thinking that I knew more about me than, or I knew more about them than they knew about themselves. And so I found myself teaching, well, actually, no, I don't know more about you. Let me show you how I'm doing this. And what I realized through showing people how to do what I was doing, not only were they having miraculous experiences in their own life show up, but they started to have a deeper level of self-awareness. They were able to move through complications more effortlessly. They were able to transition through the hardships and the big decisions and the challenges so much more easily. And I started to realize that a lot of what I was doing was activating people, or I like to call reactivating them. I was showing them how to find their truth. I was showing them how to, you know, do what I do psychically in their own life. And that it wasn't who as it been made to seem. It was actually just something that I now know I was meant to bring to this world and help people with. And so it's a long-winded answer, but yeah, that's how that's how I support entrepreneurs. So I both I support both entrepreneurs in really embodying that next level of self-awareness to be able to understand that next level of self and identity, and equally people who are on that personal self-development journey who might not know where they're going yet. Mm, wow, what a story! And I love that you know, as though as though it was this massive thing that happened it was in your face it was literally like you have to deal with this right now like you can't ignore such a miracle like what an what an incredible journey and i feel like some of what you've just said honestly explains 
where we've been in the world up until now, right? Like we've been running in the masculine for so long and running with the mechanics of things and not listening to our hearts at all, not activating our hearts at all. And also what you're also saying around like, well, people expecting someone else is out there to fix them, right? Right. We have this, I think it's that constant conditioning that happens from society that we aren't enough. They're also told that we need something, we're broken, right? And I hate that terminology. And I feel like Anytime I hear everyone to anyone talk about themselves in a negative way that it can't be fixed, I always correct them because I'm like, that's not the case. You have everything you need within you. You're right. You just have to reactivate it, right? You just have to start to reconnect and actually start talking to yourself and talking to your soul and talking to your heart and reactivate that. I think that that's incredible. And I think that sometimes we do need a bit of a, you know, shake up to wake up. (laughs) I can't remember who said that, but yeah. I love that. (laughs) To wake up. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. So I love that, you know, I think when we start to talk to our heart, it starts to activate so much of of what's more important to us and we lead very differently. So I'd love for you to share with us what that means for you, because I feel like you help to obviously activate that part of people. What do you start to see with your clients that are constantly, obviously, most likely running a lot in the masculine and then you're starting to bring this feminine in it? Do you honestly, do you start to see like that resistance of like, oh, hang on a minute, I don't know how to do this? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this is a really perfect question because I'm working with a client who's very hyper aware and is very, very cognitive, meaning like her ability to process information is on like a genius level. And she's someone who grew up in a very broken home, if you will, just trauma and, and just negative environment and so on and so forth. And had a, has and had and is working through a lot of lack of confidence and belief in self and possibilities, opportunities, all the things associated with manifestation, if you will. And what's so fascinating about this one particular client is that, uh, and I feel like I can touch on this and we're definitely going to circle back to this, but the ability to hold space for her where she is without judgment, right? So often I find that psychics or mediums or coaches, even they go in and they think they got to transform their client's life overnight. Like that's their job is that this person's going to have immediate results five hours before they even got into the first session. And like they give them 300 different tools to utilize. And then that client has more confusion than when they came in. And over these past four years of me learning how to hold space for people and and know how to support people through emotional releases and processing, it has really allowed, especially with this one client, the ability for her to find her way without me having to have my own agenda in it. I get to utilize my tools. I get to incorporate them. I always say one degree shifts at a time into her awareness and her breakthroughs and equally her breakdowns because she does have those. And anyone who goes through a healing journey, even if you're a coach, you're bringing your client through a healing journey, whether you use those terms or not, your clients are going to have breakdowns. They're going to have bouts of the frustration, frustration, overwhelming confusion, whatever negativity or density they've been holding in their body that is now releasing through that decision of, okay, I am ready. Um, but watching her go from someone who was always very physically motivated to overcome the obstacles, to leave the home, to get the job, to do the things, to run, to run, do all the stuff, to actually just sit back and to assess and to know how to do that and to be able to process and not judge herself has been, we've been working together for four out of six months now and her coming in her motivation level was like, I don't know where this is going. I just know that I need to change to, 
I have literally infinite possibilities available to me right now. And she's a nurse um, in Canada. And so in Canada, you can't be a nurse without having the shot. And so she's like, well, I don't want to get it. It doesn't align with me. So where do I go from here? I have all this insecurity of who I was and who I was told I was. And now I don't necessarily have that anymore. And I can do things differently. It's like watching someone completely open their eyes to an infinite world of possibilities. It is one of the most mind blowing experiences. And even just in anyone that I work with, some of the exercises that I do is I teach people how to read energy based on just the name. So no pictures, no backgrounds, no nothing, just the name. And I teach you how to be able to develop a connection externally because we're very external people especially when you're trying to work backwards to the psychic senses or the the six senses we start with the physical senses so how to work backwards from that and just watching people have those light bulb moments where all of a sudden things in their life that never clicked finally click and it's like oh whoa just this big gasp and sigh of relief it is honestly i can't even put into words how absolutely incredible it is I totally agree. And I feel like I, when I see this happen also with my clients, what yeah. you just just described, I see and, and try, attempt to create that for my clients too, because I think that's the epitome of coaching is that you're actually giving them the opportunity to see more options than they thought that were there before and starting to really activate or acknowledge what they have within themselves and what they're capable of instead of believing what they've been told about themselves. Right? Like I think there's that element there and I was even having a conversation with a client about this last week around the, you know, not even yeah. checking in with yourself to ask yourself what you need and thinking that you need external things in order to help you. And she was saying like, I was said to her, like, it was a very first call. I'd never, I've never spoken to her before. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I said to her, what would you want to get out of coaching? And she's like, well, I think I need the accountability. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm very, very different, right? I'm not about creating accountability. I want you by the end of the time we work together, that you are self accountable, right? Like yes. it's not about creating codependency. It's not about creating this, this thing that makes us feel like we need somebody else in order to achieve. We need somebody else in order to have the answers. Like that's not at all what we want to create here. It's about you looking yeah. within you to be able to be self-independent, to be able to be self-accountable and support you because they're your dreams, right? They're your goals. That's not, nobody else is going to care about them more than what you are. And so how do we yeah. create that self-accountability and to be able to have that support of healing yourself, right? And isn't it interesting how, and I'm not sure whether you see this with your clients, but the sounds of it you really do is, we're so disconnected from our emotions. Yep. We actually are running on masculine in so many ways that we literally don't even have the vocabulary to describe how we feel anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, I can absolutely agree with that in, in so many ways, especially with the codependency. I find that, and that's one of the, the, the problems, if you will, that I found, especially starting off branding myself as a psychic medium with people coming to me thinking that I knew more about them than they did it was then this okay well when do i come back for one it's like if you're not feeling satisfied leaving this session and you already need to come back we have a lot more work to do and for me it was something that I, i've never liked the idea of dependency period um my parents raised me to you know work hard and do the right thing but to really honestly rely on yourself and you know there's a balance within that of course but in terms of especially as identifying and associating with your emotions i think that there's two there's two really dominant layers to that. And the first one is one being able to even give them a voice and two not getting wrapped up in the identity of what those emotions are then making make or making you mean 
them to be something about you. And I find that, especially for people who come from deep levels of trauma or, or backgrounds that were just very self-isolating or externally isolating, whatever the case may be, that really kept you to kind of put up the big walls of armor, that it's the disassociating, understanding and then disassociating from the emotional aspect of it so that you can observe and be aware of what's moving through you without making it mean, oh, you know, I'm having a bad day or this is a horrible thing or I'm a shitty person or like you said, I'm broken. And it's like, so I like to bring people to that point. And I feel like this is something you very much will do as well is bringing them to that point where it's like, you can have the emotion, you can speak to it, but it doesn't mean something bad about you. And I feel like for a lot of people, that's where we associate a lot of pain with healing is that, oh, it's really painful because now I have to go through this. And it's like, yeah, but where you were, how is that working out for you? And I say that lovingly because uh, for me, I had someone in the beginning of my journey that said, what do you have to lose? And I was like, well, like, shit, I got a lot of things to lose. Like, this is, you know, I have a whole idea to leave behind. But, you know, I don't know, maybe more debt. I don't know where that takes me, but I associated moving through that and actually just facing the demons, if you will, that I was carrying with, oh man, like, I don't know if I can handle it, but it's like, you're already handling a really uncomfortable situation. Why not learn how to be your own best cheerleader and advocate and, and observer ultimately so that when you're in some other challenging position, because life is life and things happen, you actually know how to move through it instead of needing somebody three months later, or three weeks later, or whatever, to come back to you for another reading. It's like, no, let's start teaching you this stuff because if you have to rely on me, I'm not doing a good enough job. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a mentor saying to me once that like the worst thing that could happen is a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, actually, it's not that bad of a thing. But I think people get so caught up that if they if there's been years and years of unprocessed emotions that they haven't actually learned, this is the hardest thing is that we're not taught how to actually healthily process our emotions when yeah. we're kids. And so then we develop into these adults that suppress to avoid, we numb, like we do all of these things to avoid actually feeling. Yet everything that we want in the world is an attempt to feel something, right? So it's like this catch 22. And so it's like, we've got to learn to actually process the emotions that we, we are having. But yet if we've been pushing them down and avoiding them our whole lives, they've built up, built up, built up as unprocessed emotions and they can feel bigger and scarier yeah. than we ever thought we, that we actually think we can handle. But when it comes down to it, like there's processes that I take my clients through too, where we actually shift those bigger emotions. And then once you can actually learn to healthily process them, they can move through you quite quickly. It takes like 90 seconds to move through the body to actually have an emotion. When you do what you were just saying about how we just talk to the emotion, let it be without judgment, just allow. And it's not this big, scary thing. It's actually what's helping you experience your life. And we get to have this as part of the journey, not something that we want to avoid or push to the side and think that we are weak or think that we, for whatever reason, are broken. No, no, like humans need emotions to experience life. Like <laughs> you yeah. are a human being, you're an emotional being. You need to just, you know, allow that to be not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I work with a lot of people who are empaths or highly sensitive people. And so their whole life, they've been told you're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You feel too deep, like don't, 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 don't. And so, especially for children where you develop your core values and understanding of who you are, and then that's what you carry into adulthood until you reactivate or do the personal development to understand and process that a lot of people who have a sensitivity to emotions so they're emotional empaths so they feel emotions very deeply of other people 
they worry about what that's going to look like actually facing it because it's been the thing they could close behind the door, even though they're walking around uncomfortable around their mom and their spouse and their friends and their children or whoever, and completely lost between what's their emotions and what's other people's. And so um, basically where I'm going with this is that it can seem so scary at first, but it is the best way to, to your liberation is to actually just learn how to process to release and to equally have a tool or technique, even if that's just as simple as your hand on your heart and breathing to center your nervous system, to move through that experience on your own. Mm, love it. And I feel like that's one of the core pieces is actually working on your own stuff and dealing with your own inner work. If you are a coach or a, or a healer or a practitioner in this space is recognizing that ethically, I feel like that's one of the first core pillars, right? Is actually acknowledging that you need to do your own work and not bring your stuff to a client session. Do you agree? Oh, um, I could, we could have a whole seven hour conversation about this alone <laughs> because yes, absolutely having the title of energy anything in in what i do i obviously work with observing and, and i love to be in other people's containers and really see what they're doing and the thing that i witness the most is that there's a lot of energy trainers who are not properly trained or under trained and what i mean by that is anyone can go and grab an oracle deck from the store for 30 bucks and show up online and start calling them psychic like you can anybody can do that Right. And as a coach, even it's something that is so important for you to understand how to process and discern and to manage your work, your energy between your clients, because um, I see a lot of spiritual coaches and healers who are preaching agendas. And you have to understand that if that's what you're doing, you're not operating from neutrality. So the ability for you to hold unbiased in a session isn't going to be any different if you're blasting something over Facebook, you're going to carry that same energy with you, unless you do in fact know how to transmute and to neutralize your energy. But I find that most people aren't. And so you can go and you can watch their stories and you can go into their memberships and then their programs and you see them talking the same way and there's a cohesiveness and it's like, okay, so how is that then actually supporting someone? Maybe they're on the other side and now you've just isolated somebody because they are in fear of judgment of you because of your beliefs and opinions. And I'm not saying that just because you're a healer or a coach, you can't have an opinion about the world, but you have to understand the fine balance between it. And a lot of healers are in that space because they were wounded and hurt on D levels and they found healing transformation through healing. And, but that doesn't mean that they actually know what they're doing. And I am wholeheartedly a big believer in, you don't necessarily need to go to school to be a psychologist to do this work, but you best be doing some kind of other studies and just constantly learning and growing to acquire the skills and the knowledge to process your own emotions, know how to neutralize emotions and energy, know how to be able to teach and support different people in different ways. Because just because you have two people who come in with marriage issues doesn't mean that they're both going to be dealing with the same core issue. And if your bias is filtering your lens of ability to help people, well, you're not actually going to be able to help them. So what are you doing? Yeah, it's honestly one of the biggest things. It's so, so important that you're acknowledging where your stuff finishes and your client stuff starts and acknowledging that yeah. you're not bringing your opinion, your expectations to that session. And I've seen this happen with people that have come to me and said like, oh, this happened to me where I feel like the coach actually wanted me to 
leave this partner or my coach actually wanted me to do this. And it's like, well, hang on, where does your opinion come into play? Because that's actually irrelevant. Like my opinion is irrelevant. My expectation is irrelevant. And it's, it's actually like a practice of constantly checking in and acknowledging and going and asking yourself, like, hang on a minute, who's, is this my opinion? Is this serving my client? Is this my expectation? And I literally, like, as you were talking, I it took me back to a session with a client probably about, oh, probably three months ago. And I was acknowledging that I was having some emotions in the she- in the session around frustration or around like, hang on a minute, like this isn't going the direction that I wanted it to go. And I just sat for a moment and it's so quick, like it can be so quick if you get into that practice and just acknowledge and go, hang on a minute, is this my expectation that I'm wanting for her or is this her expectation of what she wants? And I really let like tuned in because I was like, oh, hang on a minute, I think this is my expectation that I want the biggest for her, I want the most for her and she's actually just wanting this. So I needed to check myself, oh. pull myself back into line <laughs> and just be like, okay. <laughs> I like tune back into what is it that she needs and acknowledge that I'm putting my stuff to the side. And it's the same thing with, and it's even like the practice of acknowledging when you're in a session, where is your brain? Like, is your brain yeah. in the session with your client, like sitting in their map of the world, exploring what it is for them mm. and holding space for them? Or is it in is it in the headspace? Because it's natural for your brain to do this. So I think it's important that we acknowledge that it's a practice that you need to work through yeah. because it's natural for your brain to go into, what does this mean for me? How have I experienced this? Where is this true for me in my past? Your brain is automatically already doing that. So we've got to shut that part of the brain off and just be like, hang on a minute, that does not come into play here, right? This is not about me. This is about how this fits for her. How is this acknowledging this from her experience and her view of the world, right? Do you, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think you said that really beautifully because we're human. So we're going to have opinions and we're going to have judgments and we're going to have our own stuff going on in the background, but life, right. But it's in that practice where you really learn a deeper level of discernment. And it isn't something that it's like, you learn the tool, you apply it once. It's like, Oh, now I got this. It's like, it's something that through a multitude of client sessions and through a multitude of years, you're going to end up using over and over and over again. It's really a a craft. I, really believe that is uh un uh what's uh unperfected that's what i'm looking for it's something that no matter how well you think you have it dialed in there's going to be someone somewhere who throws a curveball and the benefit of this is that you can even apply it in your own life like i have a lot of family members and friends who are very torn by the multitude of different sides you can take in the world right now and just even in the conversations that we have i'm able to apply that just in my life's skills and saying oh you know i have an expectation to prove something here i don't need to do that but is this my energy or is this somebody else's sometimes it is mine oh great self check moment cool actually, this one isn't mine. Okay, awesome. Let's send that back because we don't need that. I don't operate from that space anymore of approval. So it's such a fascinating thing because even on an individual level, someone who's just looking to grow themselves in, in their personal being, it's such a valuable thing to understand because you can literally apply it to everything, everything. Yeah. And I think it's coming back to that place of, you know, 
compassion right through to yeah. understanding the world from a different perspective like how can you see another person's perspective and not bring your crap into it right yeah. it's not yeah. that your your opinion doesn't matter it's not that what is important to you isn't valued it's just acknowledging that hey someone else has had a different life experience to you and they may have a different belief about this and how can I respect it? You don't actually have to even understand it, yeah. but how can I respect it? Because that's free choice, right? That That's actually allowing them to have their life. That's what that, that means for them. And whether they need healing is not yeah. relevant unless they're signing up. And paying yeah, you for exactly, coaching. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think as coaches and healers and, and practitioners, we can often get stuck in or cause ourselves to be stuck in where we're constantly giving and healing and and giving in a place where it's actually not being asked of us yeah <laughs> right? yeah oh absolutely so share with us more like is there any other practice that you do in regards to holding space for your clients or how you set yourself up to be able to step in with a client to make sure that you're not bringing your bias into play yeah that's a great question so the first thing i always start every session off with is literally just ask them how are you how are you? How's your week? You know, what's going on in your world? And I feel like in, in my experience, because my own experience have been worked or having worked with a lot of coaches and been in a lot of coaching programs, I find that the teacher or the coach always has an agenda or the healer always has an agenda. They're like, okay, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, this is what we got to accomplish. And it often dilutes this opportunity for you to not only just connect on a personal level with the person and really be able to get into their energy, their mentality, but also to have a better opportunity to actually support them just where they are. Because oftentimes what people want is they really just genuinely want the support for where they are. So for me, when it comes to holding space for people, you know, the big grand goals and visions are important in terms of how you help your client move the needle forward, whether that's healing or coaching or whatever it is that you do, but it's in the ability to honestly just meet people where they're at, because oftentimes the two biggest things that people require healing is, is being unheard and unseen. And so when you step into that space with them and you just hear them, you see them and meet them where they are. The transformation is so much more seamless and there's way less work on your end because that person typically just wants an, a, an opportunity to speak and to just say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. And your client will always tell you, maybe not verbally um, in essence, like I need this, but they'll tell you with their body language. They'll tell you with the way they tell the story of what's going on. They'll tell you in, you know, where they're hung up or what they're working on. And so then as a coach, for me, I help to read the energy of where they are to understand at the root level where they're coming from, which version of them they're operating from. What is that? What does that identity look like? And then utilizing the tools that I have to bring that awareness to their surface, not for me to tell them as a psychic, but to ask the questions needed and necessary to help them to have those, those <gasps> aha moments. It's like, oh, that's why. Okay, great. Now we can apply steps and assignments and, you know, homework, if you will, to move forward. Yeah. Cause you're so right. Like it's always the underlying reason. Like it's not, it's what they're, what they feel like they're missing. And you just need to obviously guide them to find that within themselves. Like that's more of a transformation than telling them, Hey, you need to work on this or you need to go do this. Like, no nah, man, like <laughs> it's actually building the, the under the foundational block. Yeah. So then they can find that within themselves. And I find like that holding space in the way that you just described it. Like when you think about it, not many people have that in their world. Yeah. 
anymore, right? Like how many people actually have that undivided attention where like they're being so seen, so with zero judgment in this safe space where they can literally be themselves and express whatever they need to express. That is healing just in itself. It doesn't have to be this whole massive thing. And I would love your take on this because coming from an energy space, I always find it so fascinating. So I have a framework that I take my clients through that I've perfected over the years, unperfected, perfected over the years, where I, you know, over the journey of with my clients, there's elements that I take my clients through to have that inner transformation that creates those outer results. So it's so interesting though, because I do the same thing. I actually start the session with like, what's changed since we spoke last, right? Let's explore where you're at, right? And no matter what, no matter, it's so fascinating because they don't know the framework. Like I haven't told them (laughs) to the next session, we're going to be doing this. Like that's not at all because I don't want to create any underlying expectation or, you know, there's, we often can be, we have to be so conscious as conscious healers and coaches that we're not embedding our beliefs into their headspace. We're not actually giving them you know, we're not telling them how it should be or anything like that or creating expectations. It's, it's, it's so fascinating though, because I'll ask that question with an intention of like what I need to work on with the next kind of element of the framework, but it's always flexible. Like it's always flexible depending on how they show up to the session, but it's so fascinating because always that story always leads to unlocking, well, this is what we're going to work on anyway, because this is what under, what's underlying it. Like it's so fascinating from your point of view. How do you feel like that works? Do you feel like, is that the intention that I'm setting or is it energetically that that's us in that container that's happening over that time? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like, um, kind of speaking to maybe bringing this down to a more, uh, foundational places a lot of coaches and healers and psychics we need the framework so that was something that was just kind of backstoring this for a minute that was something that I felt like I always needed I needed a framework I needed a model to work off of everybody in the dominant energy making millions of dollars they all got these frameworks and I'm like oh I need a framework what does this mean I need this but similar to you, I started just reverse engineering what I was already doing that was getting people these transformations. And what I started to learn was that the framework actually has next to no um, relevancy when you're really in tune with what you're doing. It really comes down to intuition and energy. And so you can have that framework as a beautiful guide. And for anyone starting, they're really helpful because you have a direction to move forward and you don't get stuck when someone starts processing something or emotions come up or, you know, they start telling you a story and getting totally off track from why they were even there to begin with. But when you're really in that space of intentionality and you really understand what you're doing, it's really just about the intuitive guidance. And I work with a lot of therapists and counselors because oftentimes they come to me and they say, okay, I was trained this way, with these models, with these frameworks, but I'm finding that I'm actually doing this and it's way more helpful. What does this mean? How do I harness this? How do I keep going with it? Like, how do I create from this space? And it it really is, like you said, it's in the intentionality. It's in truly just giving that person a moment to just decompress and say, oof, here I am. This is what's going on. And then you into uh, intuitively can understand, oh, okay. So underneath they're complaining about their spouse and then never doing the dishes and the laundry's all over the floor and the house is a mess, right? It's like, oh, what they're actually feeling is that they're not being seen and they're not getting the attention that they're needing at this time. They're being overlooked or taken advantage of. And so it's okay. So intuitively, I know that we get to work on empowering you to be the one to speak up or to, you know, find acceptance in that. Maybe you're disconnected from all those chores because it's something that you forgot to have gratitude in. 
well, let's, you know, maybe the best thing for you this week is to do laundry with gratitude, folding each piece of clothing slowly and just really embracing what that's provided for you. Is there family photos? Do you have kids clothes? Wow. Amazing. You got to have the money to buy these clothes. Like it's in the simplicity of the things that we do. And oftentimes people are so disconnected from the simple of life that everything's so much more overcomplicated. And then we build resentment towards people in our lives and so on and so forth, even ourselves. And so it really is in the intentionality of, of how you create that space, but then equally tuned in with your intuition and understanding how that works for you. And like, oh, clear cut. I know exactly where we're going to go with this. Okay, let's do this work. And it's such a fascinating, it's such a fascinating thing. Yeah. And I feel like there's this space where, you know, I think it's super important that we do educate ourselves. So we're not just going in with our experience and our trauma and going, well, yeah. this is what's worked specifically for me. In some spaces like that, that works. But I think ethically, if, you, if you're working in this space, you're working with people's mental health. And that's not something yes. to be, yep. you know, it's, it's not something that's light. You need to obviously be conscious of how you are showing up as a coach and how you are a healer and being able to have that understanding of how the brain works or even how you know human our emotions work like how we are human and all of the different things so I feel like there was a space where like with my training that I you know understood all the models and the frameworks and started to put them into practice and action them to see the results and then I feel like you get to a space where you know them so well that they become it becomes part of who you are and then you start to really trust your intuition. This is what's happened for me, but like I yeah. started to learn to trust my intuition and be so holy in the session. And that I'm, when I'm in that space and in that energy and in that intention, it's so fascinating where the session goes. Like it just always blows my freaking mind. And I love those yeah. levels of healings. Cause it's just like, I could never have, I could never have created that, you know, in, my logic masculine mind like I could never have created yeah. that if I hadn't allowed for my intuition or spirit or something to come in and guide that that space and I feel like there's that but then there's also the piece of like do you find that people sometimes get so caught up in going oh, I have to learn the next thing the next thing the next thing that they actually never get to the point where they do trust their intuition yeah actually I do and I have a client that works with quantum energy. She is a phenomenal healer. You can go to her for literally anything, quantum healing, cellular healing. She's cured people like her mom of cancer twice. She's turned the, the genes off. Like I can't even list the amount of things that this woman can do. Absolutely incredible. But even in her sense, she's someone who, I really believe she came to this, this life to just learn, like that's her sole purpose. But I don't say that because I'm like, you're going to find this journey on your own. Um, but she has been head down in books for 35 years of her life. And she is someone that is now at the point where she wants to take action, but she doesn't know what direction to go. She feels like there's something missing. So there really is like anything to find balance between, yeah, <laughs> learning and being yourself and like taking action on the things that you've learned, because it's like anything you can read the book, you can take the course, you can do the training, but if you don't actually apply it, you really never know what you're capable of. And I always say that courageous actions lead to the confidence that you're seeking. And so if you're never willing to take those courageous actions, you're basically just building up a library within you of things that you can potentially learn one day, but that energy has nowhere to go. And so you actually create a deeper level of anxiety because now you're confused and frustrated with 
well, what do I do next? And so you everything has to be in a flow. And that doesn't mean that you learn one thing, you apply, you learn one thing, you apply. You could spend six years learning things and then one day apply it. But there comes a point where if you're feeling overwhelmed with how much you have learned and you haven't applied anything, it's because now that energy is ready to leave you, to move through you. And so the application is equally just as important, right? The masculine is just as important as the feminine. And so in the feminine, we create and we learn. And in the masculine, we act and we're bold. And so it's this fine balance, but there's no specific five steps to know or 10 steps to get there. It's really just in that trusting of, okay, Riley was talking about this being a bill of anxiety. Okay, maybe I'm going to do something with this. Let's apply it. And so, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's where we truly step into our authenticity, when we stop over-consuming and actually start to apply and start to explore, how do I think about this? Or how do I bring my experience into this? Or how do I think about this differently to other people? We start to think about how we show up you know, in an authentic space. And I feel like that's where people get stuck in that space of like, well, I don't know enough but it's actually because they haven't implemented enough or they haven't taken action on it to explore how they can do it. Right. And I think that's where we step into it. And I was with in a session with a client a couple of weeks ago and this session just went like it was a whole middle mix of models that I was putting together. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't consciously, it was just with where is this session going from? What does she yeah. deeply need? And what's my intuition telling me? Like just trust. And it was so fascinating where it went. And afterwards she was like, cause she's a coach herself. She was like, what was that? Do you have a script for that? <laughs> and I was yes. like, uh, no, there's no script for that. That was literally me with the different models with where we're going to take it because it was what you needed at the time. It was just trusting my intuition. And she was like, well, how do, how do I do that? And I was literally just, just describe what you just said is actually going, well, you need to do it a certain number of times to under not like to know it on a whole deeper level to be then bring in your intuition to trust it. Right. And to bring in yourself. And that's what makes you really unique. So I'd love for you to further explore for us. So for those who are listening where they're like, OK, I am stuck in that place where I'm literally like I've learned all of the things I'm starting to implement. But how do I bring my intuition into it? What will, what would you say? What's the first steps that someone would need to take in order to explore their intuition? Yeah, my advice is always to start with just doing what you feel called. And so this can be a really fun exercise and equally an opportunity to really see where a lot of your self limitations lie, both in your beliefs and your energy. And what I mean by that is if you're driving down the street to the same job that you go to every day, taking the same route with the same lights and likely the same cars at 8 a.m. and you feel called to go right, you're going to go right. It might take you an extra five minutes. It might take you three minutes sooner. You just truly never know. You might avoid a huge accident. You don't know and you don't need to know, but the point is that you're starting to take inspired intuitive action. And so it doesn't always have to make sense. And I think that's the one thing that people really get hung up on when it comes to trusting their intuition is it's got to make sense. I got to know why I'm doing this or how this works out. And it's like, this is where you really start to get into that faith element, whether God is your source, I'll say God, cause it's fine where you just trust in God's plan, because you never know what that five minutes could be in, in this grand scheme of your entire life. And I'll give an example. So there was this one time I was at uh, Walmart and I was shopping around and I was trying to get through the till and the till kept shutting down and kept shutting down and kept shutting down. And usually like, there's no problems in and out. And I do, I did what I do now. So I knew, okay, 
I'm being prepared for something. But to anyone who doesn't know that, you might not realize that you're being prepared for something. And so I was getting frustrated because I'm like, why is this taking so long? This is so ridiculous. Like, I'm just going to go to another till. And the lady was so adamant. No, no, like, I'll get this to work. She must have been new. I don't know. She's trying to scan her card, put in her code, try to get this machine to work. I'm like, I can literally just go right there, like one hop over. And she said, no, 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 I got this. So it ended up taking us almost 10 or 15 minutes longer than it needed to. And when I left the store to go to the the same direction that I always go, there was an accident that had happened literally three or four minutes before I had crossed through that intersection. And that's not to say that I would have been wrapped up in it or anything to that degree. But my point is that maybe I could have, you know, maybe something could have happened. I don't know. But what's so important is that there's always a delay for a reason. And when you learn to trust your intuition, you start to access those delay points. And those delay points are opportunities for something bigger and greater because you're trusting in an instinct, a knowing, uh, I don't know where this goes just because. And that's when you really start to access infinite possibility because now beliefs don't exist. Oh, I was told to go right. I'm going to go right. I don't know why. There's no belief as to why you're doing that or who you are to do or not do that, right? You're just doing it. And that's where infinite possibilities exist is in that energy of, I'm just going to do it because I feel it. And like I said, maybe nothing happens, maybe something does. But the point is that when you start to allow yourself to really connect in with this knowing, oh, I'm going to buy this extra can of food. I don't know why. And you go out in the parking lot and there's a someone in the parking lot is like, oh, you know, I really, you know, I'm hungry. I wish I could have something You're like, oh, I actually just picked up this extra can of food, right? You just never know where it could lead. But the point is that you're willing to trust and find out. It's like um, accessing a virtual game in real life. <laughs> you just get to figure out what comes from that space. I love that analogy, actually. That's a really good way to think about it is that, you know, like you don't, you just don't know. Like, I think that that's the thing is that we have this intention that we feel like we need to know everything and we need to know the next yeah. step and we need to know all the how. And I feel like that's a lot of women that I work with that they get so stuck up on going, well, I don't know how, so I'm going to stay here where it's safe and comfortable. And I'm like, you're never yeah. going to know how until you take the next step and the next step and the next yeah. step and just trust. And I think, you know, tapping into something, whether it's God, whether it's universe, whether it's source, whatever it is for you, insert insert name there and yeah (laughs) that there is something else bigger that's guiding us and I feel like you know I feel like I love to tap into that in my sessions because I don't know everything and I absolutely don't know the best for all of my clients and I have to trust that when we build them up when we allow them to really tap into their own wisdom that's what comes out right that's more truth that's more powerful than me going oh this is what it is for you or this is what I think you should know or you know, you need to believe this. Like, you know, oftentimes we get so caught up in going, well, I know I have the answers. Let me give them to you. When actually it's more powerful to allow them to come to their own answers and trusting in something that's guiding you. Like sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth that I'm like, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus is profound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did we record that one? <laughs> and then I'm like, because it wasn't me. It's not me at all, right? Like it's acknowledging yeah. that we are connected. And I feel like there's a lot of energy work that I like to do for myself to make sure that I am open to that because it can be really easy to get caught up in the world and to get caught up in everything else that we can be very closed off to being able to tap into that. So is there any practice that you do that you'd love to yeah. share with us of how you tap into your intuition or how you prepare your energy for your intuition? 
Yeah. So one way that I always prepare my energy, and this is a really accessible, free and easy one to do is just to start your day with breathing and gratitude. I feel like it's almost practice of gratitude. It's so cliche at this point because everybody talks about it. But honestly, if you hear it that much, you should probably start implementing it because Fear and love can't exist in the same frequency and energy. And so when you're in gratitude, even if it's to just settle your mind, oh, my mind's racing, my bills, my partner, my this, my that, my that, whatever. And you start looking at, okay, but I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful. Even just sitting in your room, I'm grateful for the dresser. I'm grateful for the clothes in there. I'm grateful for the heat that's on in my house. I'm grateful for my running water. I'm grateful for the maybe five boxes of KD that's left in my shelves, whatever it is, wherever you're at. If you actually just start with gratitude and you might not even believe it in the beginning, I feel like this is something that I really want to just talk about for a moment because a lot of people are like, oh, but I try it and I don't feel grateful. It's like, you're not meant to right away because you're also still very trapped in that traumatic or dense emotional energy that you haven't released. Right. But the purpose is that you keep going consistently and gratitude is something that I feel like a lot of people really overlook in the beginning because they think there's a masculine step. There's a better way to do this as a quicker hack. And honestly, that's the majority of a lot of people's work. And I imagine that you can speak to this as well, because there just comes a point where you just actually start to believe it and where you are just actually thankful. And now that five boxes of KD, let's assume you're in like the worst of the worst place you can be now ends up being 10. And then there's some vegetables on the fridge or in the fridge. And there's, you know, a bunch of bananas on the counter. And it's, and then you start to see the simplicities of things start to compound. And that's when, oh, receive discount, receive coupon, receive unexpected check, receive download for how I'm going to build a business, whatever direction that ends up going. But money is a byproduct of gratitude, right? Money is a tool. It is an energy source. It is no different than the mouse that I'm holding or the phone that you're playing on. It is really just another thing in this world. And so we attract more of it through gratitude, through being grateful for what we already have. And when you're really in the depths of it, breath, hand on your heart, connect that physical sensation of something external to your hand to the center of your chest, your heart chakra, and just feel the breath moving through you. I think so often as well, outside of just feeling disconnected from gratitude, especially for anyone who's getting started, is that... They don't actually feel the fact that they are alive because they're so quick in their mind to try and get to the next step. But when you actually just slow down and you just feel the breath moving through you, your life moving through you, the fact that you're even alive, it will help you put everything into perspective very quickly. And so when people talk about being present or being aware, that's how they do it. That's how they access it is just by feeling into the fact that they're breathing like feeling hand on the chest and breathing, actually being present with that. And then tuning into the gratitude, because when you know you're alive, like when you know it, not when you're in the hustle and bustle of the everyday life, but when you're in a moment where you know you're alive and you become grateful for, per my example, those five boxes of KD in the, in, on the shelf, you can't not be happy. You really can't. And then it's just the consistency of continuously tapping into that and, and watch your life radically change. That's the first thing I teach everyone I work with, even on lives, because it's like, that's where you start every single time through and through. Yeah. And I feel like it's because like when people struggle with the gratitude practice, I feel like it's because they're literally plugged into the scarcity. They're plugged into lack, into a place of like, well, you know, there isn't enough, so I don't have enough to be grateful for. And I think like 
there's two key pieces that I would love to add to that conversation too, is that one, when we're tapped into that, it's very hard to believe that I can be grateful for something. And we're either not actually believing in that there is enough, there's plenty available to us in the world. And when we're tapped into love, like you're not getting out of your head and into your heart. And the thing is, like, I feel like what the missing piece is, is that people think about the gratitude, but they don't actually feel the gratitude. (laughs) They're like, oh, I'm writing these 10 gratitude things on a piece of paper. Every night I'm like writing it down, but it's not working. And it's like, because you're not actually tapped into it. You're not connected to it. You're not feeling it. And I think, you know, I feel like it's like our head gets caught up in the fear. And like you were saying that fear and love, I absolutely agree with that. Love is what was felt in the heart. It can't be felt in the head, right? You've got to get out of your head and into your heart and actually allow yourself to feel grateful for it. And it's sometimes like coming back to like the simplicities of it, right? And then acknowledging like, you know, there are people in the world that don't have clean drinking water, but you have access to that. There are people in the world that don't have Wi-Fi. You can run your business online in white, like that's all you need. Like really acknowledge the fact that when you are in true gratitude, you feel it. And so sometimes we need to unplug to the lack and then practice it until it becomes easier to actually feel it, right? Because we're so, I feel like, tuned into feeling so many negative emotions. We have so many more. It's actually really yeah. interesting that we have more of a vocabulary for negative emotion than we do for positive emotion. And right. And so we'd actually feel weird, you know, shifting into that gratitude place. But it's in that space that we shift our energy and shift that frequency from fear to love. And I feel like that's sometimes the missing piece is like, hey, it's not going to work unless you actually feel it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I 100 percent agree with that. And in a world where everywhere you look, you can find something to be negative or complain about and even more so than ever before. What are you doing to protect your energy around that stuff? Because I, I say that um, fear is a choice and so is being in lack because you don't need anything but water and food. And that could be berries in a forest that you learn to forge and water from a stream that you learn how to dilute, dilute and process with a flame. Literally, you can be the happiest, most self-sustained, imaginable person that you could have ever thought you never could be with nothing. And I think that we really overlook that, especially in the Western societies, because we have so many things accessible to us right now. But on any spiritual healing, self-development journey, it's always about coming back to the simplicity and exactly what you said. It's, it's the feeling of gratitude of what's around you. And so, yeah, I really love the way that you said that. Oh, we could just honestly chat for hours. <laughs> we go yeah. But I'd love for you to just to kind of close this off a little bit. Is there anything else that you feel like we're missing when it comes to tapping into our intuition? What do you see? Creating space for yourself, I think is the biggest one. I feel like a lot of people think, oh, if I just, you know, quickly in the morning or if I just do this, like, don't just do it. At that point, you might as well not even do it because you're going to be more frustrated and overwhelmed with the fact that you just did it and it didn't work. Actually, like make an intention out of it. So maybe you don't have every day that you can do it. Maybe you have 20 minutes one day a week and build on that. I would say one degree shifts at a time. So really just assess where you're at, you know, and this is more of a masculine approach that you can take to really understand where that centering is going to be available for you. Um, And then in the feminine, the flow is it's follow through with that. So if you do every Monday at 10 AM, 
and it's 20 minutes, right? Allow yourself that time to actually follow through with your practice. There is nothing more important aside from the inner reflection work than your devotion and consistency to the actions. And when it comes to tapping into your intuition, you have to create the space for it because otherwise your mind is just operating on autopilot 24 seven. So just doing the thing five minutes every morning, it's not going to help you. I mean, arguably everything contributes to the bigger picture, but if you really want to skip over a lot of the overwhelm and the frustration and even the anxiety that comes and then equally fuels that I'm not enough or I can't do this or lack of insecurity, whatever it is just really be intentional about it. And that could even just be being intentional with your meat, with your eating, right? Sitting down and actually just be intentional with having that meal, taking in each bite. Okay, maybe you spend an extra five minutes eating dinner, but you're not going out of your way to create any other routine. But what's happening is you're creating space. And when you create space within your body and your mind, you now have an ability to focus. And when you can focus, you can be more intentional with the actions you take and the conversations have and the things that you choose to consume and not consume and now your intuition can come through and your intuition is this quiet little voice that speaks to you with excitement it doesn't put you into this state of fear where it's like oh this gut wrench wrenching punch you got to do this or else it's hey what if we tried this what would it look like if we played with this idea your intuition is is rooted in curiosity When you're asking questions about your life, why am I eating this meal? Why am I having this conversation? Why do I keep having these financial issues? When you start asking questions, your intuition is going to guide you in a different way because you're making space for that curiosity to flow through. So intentionality and curiosity are going to be your best friends when it comes to bringing through your intuitive guidance and ultimately leading you to that question that I get from everyone. And that's, what's my purpose? I'm going to save everyone a lot of money. Any psychic, the best in the world that you go to is never going to be able to tell you what your purpose or mission in this life is. They're not supposed to, and they just won't be able to because they see life through a filter of their own lens. And it is your job, your job only solely to do the healing work, create the intentionality and and apply yourself essentially. Yeah. Create the space, follow breadcrumbs. So good. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, Riley. Oh, my goodness. Just thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today. Where can people find you to learn more from you? Yeah, so you can find me on all social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Riley, R-Y-L-E-E, June is in the month, .ca, and that's my website as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. I just absolutely loved our conversation. Is there anything final that you'd like to, to share with us before we close out? This might sound cliche, but trust yourself because you are your greatest asset. And the more that you allow yourself to lean into that, honestly, the easier life's going to get. And we're not going to suffer. Suffering is just a mirror to really access your own greatness. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Thank you again. It's been such an incredible experience chatting with you today. You know, I'm so grateful to have to have been on this space with you. And, and thank you so much for sharing your time with me as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.